Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hi, everybody. <laughs> this this beautiful young woman that I am seeing that you guys are, are seeing if you're watching this on YouTube. I am so excited to talk about her book. I'm so excited to hear her story. And I'm just so excited to dance in this conversation with her. So I just want to welcome Lindsay Fauntleroy. Lindsay, thanks for joining me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for for welcoming me. Oh, man, I can't wait to see what, like I said earlier, I can't wait to see what comes out of our mouth. <laughs> you can go so many directions. I'm so, so excited. Many directions. <laughs> so many directions. Okay. So but first, Lindsay has a book. It's called In Our Element, Using the Five Elements as Soul Medicine to Unleash Your Personal Power. Now, Lindsay, the, these are it. Okay, so kind of, it looks like the foundation of this book are the five elements that come out of ancient Chinese medicine, what, uh, water, wood, fire, earth, metal, but you, it seems have added and pulled them, expanded them. Yeah. Expanded them in, into adding all sorts of other components to these individual elements. And then the book is about how to, how to, utilize these. So what led you first, what led you to do this kind of a book about the five elements? Well, the five elements have been the center of my clinical practice for about 15 years because my own healing journey, um, I talk about in the book how I came to holistic medicine in general was through trying to get pregnant. And at the time, I was part of an, an African spiritual organization that was using the five elements through Qigong and through herbalism. Oh, to, wow. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. And it was such a cementation of this idea that, you know, five element theory is really a psychology, right? It's not just about the body. It's really each of these elements are archetypal um, organizations or patterns of thinking, of virtues, of emotional complexes, and unique ways of transforming and being in the world. And so that idea alone, I just fell in love with the medicine. At the time I was doing, I was working in education, working on my uh, my master's in education. And so I was really interested in how these elements show up for high school students. Um, in terms of social emotional learning. So that was my initial research before becoming wow. an acupuncturist. Yeah. So wow. I've really been living with these elements as these organic forces of the psyche for a very long time. And so when I went to write the book, I wanted to uh, create something that was very authentic to my experience, my healing experience, my study of indigenous healing traditions, and also the really vibrant lives of my clients and my students who are seeing these elements show up in all of these really exciting ways. So, so that is, 
Lindsay, that's the first time I've heard the five elements described as a, as a psychology system. Um, because I, I've always, you know, I mean, some of the, I, I, some of the books I've read, it's really more about kind of a, a feng shui, right. but it's not, but this is like, that's why there's, you've expanded so much on them in this book. Yes. And they, my gosh, it comes back over and over again, uh, this idea, which is really an indigenous notion that the human mind is part of the world mind, right? That our psyche right. lives in nature and nature reflects our psyche. Just really bringing those principles back in a way that is making space for our healing to live out loud. In other words, healing does not always just feel like being in this very serene, peaceful space. That's, that can be part of it. But sometimes our lives are ridiculous. And sometimes oh our pain is exquisite. And I think the elements make space for that. I love that you use the word exquisite, Lindsay, because my pain, my pain has been excruciating at times. So I love that, you know, there is, and that's part of what you, just in your book is there is a balance in each of the elements you balance it between you know what it's anger and joy or or whatever and and that's part of the healing we need uh healing that's part of the system we need to recognize more and more is that there isn't one way that's right there isn't there isn't one way and and oftentimes the the two sides of the coin if you will have to go together that's right, right? you can't right. have light without darkness you can't and have then there's all the, night. <laughs> there's all the colors in between those things right? right there's all the different shades of color not just gray right that are that that is what how we exist and the indigenous people just lived that way we that's we've right. become so gosh, I don't know, concrete in our, in our cities and yet, and then in our thinking where there isn't a lot of fluidity and that's what life really is, right? Being that's fluid. Right. That's one of the elements, water. Being fluid. One of those, being fluid. Shape-shifting. <laughs> Shape-shifting. Wow. Yeah. And allowance, I think is, is a big piece of what I've learned from working with the elements is that you know, in the in Western culture, in American culture, Euro-American culture, there tends to be this idea that some emotions are good and acceptable and some aren't. You know, anger is not spiritually appropriate or fear, you know. And what I love about these elements is that all parts of us belong. All parts of us have a wisdom and it's really about learning both acceptance of all the expressions of our of our soul, but also how to put those expressions in the right and proper context. You know, so yeah. nothing gets kicked out. Everything belongs. But then the question is, well, where? Where does this belong? And how am I using that that energy for the greater good? I I love that you that you said that, Lindsay, because um when I first started um years ago, <laughs> uh the, the it was you know the self awareness movement the new thought movement if you will that 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 
how do we transform ourselves? There was often uh, cutting off of yourself, you know, a denial. Like, like for years, the whole dealy do was about the ego, you know. And 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 if you are having a human emotion that isn't love and joy and all, if it isn't that, then right. Then the ego's running you and you got to get out. You got to get out of your ego, except that the ego is a healthy component. Don't you think? Right. I do. I do. And I think that what I've learned from looking at indigenous um, psychologies, including the five element theory, but this idea of elevating the role of the ego to being a mediator of these impulses of the soul. Right. So in depth psychology, they talk about the self. With the cop, with the capital S, um, mm-hmm. in African spiritual traditions, we would call the self the ori, or this like kind of inner compass or guiding light, or we could think about it as just the solar principle, the sun itself, that is giving space for all of the other planetary impulses, right? But everything belongs. It's just who is running the show, <laughs> right? And elevating the role of the ego to being one that is connected to our divine light and able to make space for the appropriateness of all of these different players um, in the right space, the right time, the right context, all of those things. But you can't kick That's it out. Lot. You can't say that the ego doesn't have a space. Right. But what you just described, Lindsay, that's a lot of, a lot of inner work. A lot of inner work. And a lot of people don't even come to recognizing there's inner work to be done until there's been a, a, a disease, a, a life experience cataclysm that, I mean, I know that happened to me. I was, I was on a spiritual path. But then I became a type one diabetic kind of overnight. And all of a sudden it was like, I got to wake up. I got to wake up. And I think that for many people, I don't know. Okay. Cause this is all everything you're studying. And I love that. So why is it the people have to have a life event mm-hmm. to wake up? Why can't we just kind of claim that we need to know our our self our source our the 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 all of the entirety of the universe right right why can't we just do that i mean the indigenous people live that way i you know i think about this a lot and and what i've come to is that we are here to have that human experience And so, you know, I think about roses having thorns Mm. and that those thorns are necessary pressure points. So those life experiences become those springboards that allow us to refine different parts of ourselves, you know, and and it's true. We could do it on our own. We try to. At least I do. Right. I try to stay engaged and in spiritual process and doing my meditations and my yoga, my this and that. And then it doesn't absolve me of life happening. It doesn't absolve me of inner or outer crisis. That is the invitation to deepen what I think I already know about what it means to live a spiritual life. You know, it it becomes those moments that humble me 
to say, oh, yeah, you are still human, you know, <laughs> you can meditate on up into the clouds, but you still are here to experience all of those colors of right. light. Right. In yes. the uh, depth psychology or in the alchemical traditions, they have this concept of the canuncio and the negretto, which I relate to yin and yang. And it's this idea that every insight every epiphany which would be the the canuncio or the the yang part of our psyche has to be integrated with the darkness and the embodiment so every time you have an insight you have an opportunity from life to really live it and to make it stick and without yeah. that darkness or that chaos or that crisis we really wouldn't have an opportunity to bring these insights down into the physical world or into our bodies or into our collective. Right. Into the collective. So that's a lot of what we're seeing uh, over the last 10, 20 century. I don't know. Uh, right. right. This, this where, where there's chaos, there's crisis and there is opportunity, like you said, Lindsay, to integrate, that darkness into ourselves now now I, so let's be clear can we let's clarify this for everybody that's listening because they they might think we're talking some other kind of shit but um <laughs> but integrating the integrating the dark side of myself mm -hmm. me, doesn't mean that then i accept you know and i become darth vader <laughs> but um I, instead of shaming and blaming myself right this is what i this is at least in my experience that looking at that dark side and bringing it in my experience makes me more whole and healthier mentally right. as opposed to constantly in that pushback 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 which is what we're seeing collectively in communities where there's a pushback 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 right because because people want Oh, here's what I'm hearing, Lindsay. It's it's integrating the concept that of duality. Mm. I'm different from you, and you're different from me, and therefore we can't come together right. in uh, some sort of collaborative community communion. Right. But the duality is part of the whole, right? That's the duality, right. the oneness. And that's that's one of the central uh, philosophies of indigenous psychologies, but also um, depth psychology and the alchemical sciences, sciences, this idea of the tension between opposites and finding mm -hmm. the middle way, finding the the path that integrates the needs of both extremes. And so as long as we're polarized in one side of or the other, that separation, you versus me, fear versus love, anger versus joy, or however we're separating and, and polarizing things when there's actually a truth that lies in the middle and that integrates both sides of the equation. And that is the inner work. That's the spiritual practice is finding those inner median ways. So just, I love that. I love that you brought this up because um, the, 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 path that integrates those polarities at, because the polarities seem so 
heart, right? That's right. Um, how do you, how do we do that? Lindsay, how do we do that? How do we, how do we bring it together? Right. It's, uh, well, I think you, the, one of the first things that you pointed out is so critical in terms of not denying or suppressing whatever it is, right? That shadow, because mm-hmm. it's still going to express ourself itself. It's just going to express itself unconsciously. Right. So the anger that I don't deal with or the anger that I pretend I don't have, it's not that it dissipates and goes away. It either turns inward and creates illness in my body or it comes out and gets displaced on the wrong person instead of the person that it's really person or collective that is really um, intended for. And so that that work of being really present to what's there and then bringing it under the microscope. And saying, okay, how do I, how do I shine a little light of awareness onto this place of darkness, onto this place of pain, onto this place of chaos, so that I can begin to see it in a new way and move that energy in a new way. I think that's really a key piece of it is that we're talking about energy. So energy moves not by what we think entirely, but also what we do. So how right. are we moving that energy through our action, through our through our awareness, through our healing work, you know, so that it's not just a mental exercise? Right. Right. Wow. Okay. So let's get back to in our element because the, the because the elements are are good will address this, right? That's right. You have I love that you put a cheat sheet at the front of the book, cut a little, a little cliff note thing. You did it just for me. I know you did. Oh my God. A quick summary of, and you call these, the, the, these elements are um, part of soul lessons, which is just what we were talking about of integrating the light and the dark within us and looking at it and, and healing it. So let's talk about, how you've expanded it. Okay. So I'm looking at the, um, the cliff note version where water is the seed. So let's, can we start there and kind of walk through some of that for everybody? Yes. Yes. So from an energy perspective, um, in five element theory, the energetic, the proper flow of energy for the water element is down and inward. Right. And so the water element brings us into ourselves and into introspection. And just like we watch water as it descends and surrenders to gravity. Yeah. And right. so the water element soul lessons include, you know, teaching us how to connect with a sacred source. How do we connect with um, our spiritual truth, our intuition? How do we connect with that part of ourselves that is really, really deep inside of us? The water element also teaches us how to connect to our lineage and our roots and our legacy, because that's carried through our, you know, our DNA, through the waters, through the womb, right? That we, we come here with an imprint of everything that came before us. And so the water element teaches us how to tap into that. And then the water element also teaches us how to get out of doing and into being. So to create an oasis, how do I step outside of being very oriented towards producing and achieving and and making things happen into the surrender of stillness 
which is not oh my easy God. for us to do, right? Nope. So those are the soul lessons that I that I talk about for the water element. How does it bring us? How do we follow that energetic of down and in back to our source and back to our lineage and back to our stillness? Um, so I never heard the water element described like that, Lindsay, because uh, and and you kind of just described one of my uh inward journeys that I went through a couple of years ago where I took time off for a year and a half and just did inner excavation. Um, so, okay. So, all right, let's move on to the other, the other ones, because I love how you, how you explained it here. So, okay. So after water, there's wood mm-hmm. and wood we can think of as the sprout. So while water goes down and in and surrenders to gravity, the wood element goes up and out towards the sun. So it goes against the flow of gravity. And so it's that that powerful impulse to rise up and to reach for our own light. And so with the wood element, the soul lessons that I talk about are, number one, taking a stand, right? So the wood element is often aligned with social justice and this idea of, how do we move against the current that is not celebrating life, right? If there's an right. impulse or if there's a movement that is destructive or unjust, then the wood element takes a stand against that. The wood element teaches us how to express our authentic selves and our brilliance and our creativity. And the the emotion that's associated with the wood element is anger, again, because it takes force to rise up against the forces of gravity. And so the wood element teaches us how to use our anger as a vehicle for change and transformation, how to confront the things that need to be transformed, both in our personal lives and in our collective experience. The wood element. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I was it's wondering why anger, anger was in there because, yeah. you know, because my anger, uh, I, 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 spent years suppressing mm-hmm. like most of my life until it erupted as hives for a year when I was going through divorce. So, oh, yeah. um, so I, you know, I had, I didn't understand why. Thank you for explaining that because it, it does, it makes sense to me that, uh, from my personal, and that's all I can talk about my personal experience, but, um, that the expression of anger when when recognized that we're enraged pissed off recognizing it eventually we can focus that like you're saying into a a a positive well not positive into actualizing purposeful that's purposeful expression and actualizing really what it is our 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 dream or vision or feelings that have been suppressed because at least in my experience because I wasn't allowing my anger and then I find I've also found that as I allow my anger when it comes up like wood when it comes up uh I I am uh less enraged yeah and i'm able to navigate that anger and utilize it in a way for my inner awareness my inner learning my lesson 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I. I mean, the wood element. I I love all the elements, but the wood element is one of my favorites because anger in Euro American society is one of those emotions that we're not really quote unquote supposed to feel. You know, there's a big movement towards forgiveness or rising above. You know, it's kind of the language we use. But when we bring back the the elements and when we bring nature into our understanding of of what anger is, then we can understand that the wood element preserves integrity. And so we need something to confront anything that is damaging our personhood, right? And and one of the things that I talk about in the book is there's a difference between reacting and responding, right? Our reaction, I use the example of you, your reaction might be yelling, right? Yeah, yeah. I have had so many experiences where I've yelled and yelled and, and then mostly for me, cried and cried and then nothing changes. But how do I really effectively address the trigger that caused the imbalance? And that's different. You know, maybe it's writing a letter, maybe it's asserting a boundary, maybe it's walking away. But uh, one of the things that I talk about in the book are what are the triggers for anger when the self is violated? And what do we do about that using and harnessing the energy of the wood element? Oh, my God, I love that. I love that. And because and I love integrity is one of my cornerstones to be in integrity. And, and the integrity is uh, the best definition I found was um, and a Pierre Pradevant, and and it talks about being in your own integrity, and and so that means speaking truth to authority, that's your right. truth, your yes. truth to authority, and that's you, me, holding my integrity in balance, and instead of giving myself away, and accepting whatever it was that triggered my anger, all while it's okay, right. Which is in this tradition, it's not inherently any more spiritual to walk away versus confronting. It's really what's appropriate for the situation. And then that might be different. And that's where that ego and that wholeness is so important because if we always react the same way to injustice, then that's problematic. Um, and the role of the ego is to really be discerning around which way am I using this force of anger? Which way am I using this expression of the wood element to really help society evolve, which is really one of the core signatures of the wood element is this idea of collective evolution that we oh. each have a part to play, right? Yes. And I, it's so, I'm just dancing in my chair and my, I feel like I just got a really luscious hug. Yeah. This is why I love the wood element. I mean, I just love its its call for action and self-expression, but really honoring that we each have a role to play in the collective. And if we're not able to fulfill that purpose, we're going to be angry about it. Oh, so how sure. do we change that? How, what changes do we need to make in order to make more space for each of us? Uh, okay. So Lindsay, as I want to continue on with these, the rest of these, because as, as you're describing the, just the first two, okay, uh, I'm just going to say it. I have, um, 
the last 10 years, seeing that we are, well, longer than 10 years, but anyway, we are in a collective position. Humanity is. And it, it and and it doesn't matter where you spotlight on the globe right now. There is so much anger, conflict, hatred, uh, denigration, destruction that is old paradigm. It's old, ancient, ancient before Abraham paradigm, right? right. And um, and and so all of that is happening. It goes back to the ego, it, bringing it up so we can see, right? So bringing right. it to the light. And I have been really seeing these energetic bridges that many of us who are our light, are our light leaders leading into what is the next holistic paradigm that humanity can live in and and it is about everything we're talking about Lindsay and, and so that's right and so as you're talking I'm hearing that your book in our element I mean I'm just gonna say it straight up your book is a yes is a can be a fabulous guide because I've been talking to people about this and every and many people are like I see circles. I got circles behind me on my head. Right. I, I see we all have to work in a circle together. We all get honored. We all get heard. We all collaborate. We all communicate. And people about this are like, but who's in charge? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's no in charge. There's no at one person in charge. And your book and using these elements the way you're describing them could be the the a, a beautiful way to cross that bridge, to fi- finish building that bridge into the next yet to be that humanity for, uh, but humanity, at least in our iteration as human beings on the planet right now, we haven't seen, we haven't seen this, this holistic, healthy collective working together with all of our uh, different ideas. You know, you said the past, right. This is a path that integrates polarities. That's right. Oh my gosh. I, I love what you're I love the term light leaders because I do see the the term that I like to use and that I share in the book is called neo-ancient. So this idea of we're bringing these old world philosophies, these old world traditions, but we're using them in ways that like you said haven't been seen before. Right. right. When five element theory originated amongst the shamans in, in Nubia and ancient China, there wasn't the Internet. Right? <laughs> so we are in this this position to use these these old world technologies with the new technologies that we have around us. And so being neo ancient means that we're taking the best of the past and we're remixing it with who and what we are right now to create something, like you said, that never existed before. And key in that is that we're co-creating it together, right? As we bring ourselves to this work, we're, we're building, I love that you said that, is we haven't seen it before. And what that also means is that we're going to make some mistakes. It's like, oops, right. we tried this. It didn't work. Let's try it a different way. And having the compassion for each other to be in that co-creative process. 
Right. And it is going to be, a co- it is a co-creative process. I mean, yes, we do make mistakes. Uh, and there's certain mistakes we no longer need to make. That's right. Ever. Ever. And if, if we bring them out of the shadow, if we stop denying them, if we keep pushing mm-hmm. them back down, if we mm-hmm. learn from them, then we won't have to keep making those mistakes. <laughs> yep. 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 I, you're, this, this, this one conversation with you, sweet Lindsay, is giving me hope today because I was kind of getting uh, that my hope was getting drained, you know? So thank you for that. Thank you for that. So let's just briefly, let's go on to fire because I, when I opened up your book, because I always like to just go, okay, what do I need to know? <laughs> I tell people right in the front, don't read this book cover to cover. Just go to whatever element is speaking to you right now. Trust yourself, trust your intuition, but if you just don't read it cover to cover. Pick your element and have a great time with it. <laughs> fire is what I open to. Fire. So fire is the element of joy and love. And it's moving from that sprout to the blossom, the flower blossom that magnetizes and attracts all the good things to it. Like, you know, a bee is really drawn to the flower or a moth is drawn to the flame. And so the lessons of the fire element are teaching us the pleasure of our senses. You know, what does it mean to have a human body and to be able to experience all of the flavors of life? Uh, The fire element also deals with our blocks to joy and feeling that exuberance and abundance. That's right. Yes, uh, yes, I've been there. I still trip over that. Yes. Yeah. And that radiant quality of the heart. So the fire element teaches us how, because we have our integrity from the wood element, it allows us to expand and radiate love and to be connected to one another as a, uh, as a, as a life force, really. Yeah. And in what I opened to was uh, the part about dancing. Dancing and laughing, with joy. Dancing, dancing with joy, and laughing in that inner child. And my and my uh, personal email is I Joy Dancer. Oh my goodness, it's such a fire! It's such we would say that that's a, a fire element signature, not even an email signature. <laughs> <laughs> but and you talk about laughing is important, and and all those things, and what, and those are the things that I had been. Uh, kind of denying myself for a lot of my I didn't even realize right until I got out of my previous marriage and all of a sudden I was happier than I'd ever been I was laughing like that gut belly laugh where I thought I was shattered I thought you know my pain was horrible and and then I came out of it and I'm dancing and I'm laughing and I'm happy and it yeah so I love and that's the flower that's the blossom that's a blossom. It's that life force, that joie de vivre, like the French say, the joy of living and just being here. Like, how amazing is it to have a body on this planet? Right. And, and experience everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about earth. So earth extends from af- in organic life after the flowering, there's the fruit. And the fruit is our capacity and the earth element is our capacity to nurture and nourish our human family. And it recognizes the kinship between ourselves, nature, and all of all of life on this planet. And so that human family gets uh, brought up in the earth element. 
um, our animal family, our relationship to seeing ourselves as part of nature as opposed to separate from nature. And so the soul lessons relate to our ability to maintain the integrity of ourself while being in community with others. It deals with um, the archetypal mother, right? Um, the mother earth of course but also our innate capacity to nurture ourselves and each other with empathy and compassion and the earth element teaches us how to awaken those qualities so i have a question that just dropped in my head um because as women we comprehend we whether or not we become a mother we comprehend that idea of nurturing and and caring for others. Do you think men have it a little more challenging because they don't have that capacity to birth? I think that I've been thinking about this a lot uh, in terms of looking at the energetic perspective. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that men necessarily have it innately more difficult. I think that they're socialized to not live into their nurturing qualities. And I think that's something that when we're talking about collective change and transformation, I think making space for the nurturing qualities of the masculine uh, and also making space for the assertive qualities of the feminine are something that we are really collectively making space for. Right, we're learning how to do that. Yeah. I was learning how to do it. And I, I think that um, if we look at indigenous wisdom, particularly in um, African spiritual traditions, there are archetypal forces that embody these things, right? So it's not completely new, but in the African spiritual pantheon, there is a masculine figure, Obatala, that is very nurturing and very stable and protective in that way. And then there's the feminine force of Oya who is like a destructor (laughs) and she's very assertive, right? So they're not unfamiliar to the human psyche. It's just, we haven't made as much space for them in, in this contemporary context. Right. Right. Isn't it, it's fascinating to me how the, when those, uh, well, going back to Neo ancient, right. That, that, that actually is together these kinds of, um, ideologies and then and then we just move so far away from that um yeah it's kind of crazy all right so let's talk about metal because metal is in in it it often confuses me because it is the alchemy right the final alchemy that's right okay so metal is that underground process that happens when the apple falls from the tree so because it's underground, it's, it's sometimes hard for us to even picture what exactly is that. But essentially, metal governs the process from moving from the material to the spiritual. And well, so it's often associated with death. And uh-huh. its core emotion is grief. So this uh-huh. idea of like what happens when something is no longer tangible, present part of our lives and has become something intangible, right? It has returned to spirit. And that can be... Right. A person, we know that grief, but also even say for something like a, a divorce, right? There, that moment when this physical relationship dissipates and becomes something else, 
that's also a source of grief. So the metal element teaches us how to honor uh, the present moment because all life is temporal and every experience is time bound. And then to release that into um, something that's everlasting, whether that's memory, whether that's love, whether that's connection and communion, even when the physical piece of it has has transitioned. So in part, I thank you for that, because so what I'm hearing also is that there is a uh, a balancing act that needs to occur as you working with and recognizing these different elements in your life, because because like you just said, it's it's it can be a temporary experience, even though it's an overwhelming experience. That's right. um, and so if I so if I'm experiencing grief, chances are I'm a little heavy. <laughs> chances are I'm a little heavy metal. Is that true? <laughs> Perfect. That's perfect. And that's the thing that each of these elements offers the signs of imbalance. And then it also offers the gift. So if you know that you're in a heavy metal <laughs> phase, then there's some wisdom in that. And so um, the metal element will teach you how to move through the grief and how to treasure the present moment and how to really hold that energy through your through your life experience in these balancing acts that we do with each emotion and each life experience. It's a lifelong uh, practice to 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 recognize when each element is, and, and you and you can be involved in multiple elements. It's not just like okay, oh right now I'm in metal and uh, no no now I'm in wood or anything. Right. It just happened. I mean, it, eventually it seems to me, Lindsay, it would be good to hold all of them right and you allow do. yourself to that's the ego right the ability to integrate all of these elements and to hold all these elements and to kind of pick and choose okay i'm going to use a little bit of wood element over here and a little bit of earth element over here and and just really recognizing that we are all of these energies you know and and we have the gift of one of human humanity's gifts is being able to have free will and choice in terms of how we wield the the energy and the power that we have. Right, right. Lindsay, thank you for, I, I feel like we could go on for another three hours here because we haven't even, this is like, we just kind of dipped our toe in yes. and, and didn't really get to all of it. But the book is called, everybody, the book is called In Our Element by Lindsay Fauntleroy. And Lindsay has a, a school, an online school, The Spirit Seed, and you can go to the spirit seed, S E E D dot org and find out more about that. Right. right? Is there anything else you want to say? I would just love to say thank you for holding space for light leadership <laughs> and giving us a place to be in, in community and learning with one another. Thank you so yeah. much. Oh, you're, oh, yeah. And thank you. I, I'm so grateful you wrote this book. I'm grateful that you you are on your life path because it is just in this short uh, connection time we've had. It it is has already informed my life path in in whole new ways. Um, I really recommend this book, everybody. And and like Lindsay said, you can just open it up in the middle and just read and do what she said. Do what she said. Do what she said because I'm telling you. 
And look, I just opened up in precious metal. The gold, the gold is to know your worth. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much. I I bless the rest of your journey because uh, Lindsay's getting her PhD. Uh, I mean, this woman, I'm telling you all, and she's young. So I can't wait to see what happens as the rest of your life unfolds. So thank you so much. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.